From now through Easter, we will be focusing on the Gospel of Mark. Our scripture today comes from Mark's opening words. <clears throat> the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son, happened just as it was written about <clears throat> in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, I am sending my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, one stronger than I is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the river Jordan. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, you are my son whom I dearly love. With you, I am well pleased. At once the spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, announcing God's good news, saying, now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. As Jesus passed along, Side the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed him. After going a little farther, he saw James and John, Zebedee's sons, in their boat repairing their fishing nets. At that very moment, he called them. They followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Before we sing number 266, I would like to say something about the words. The words to the carol in numbers 266 in Voices Together, where is this stupendous stranger, were written in 1765 by a man named Christopher Smart. Christopher Smart was a, an English poet 
who was for many years committed to an insane asylum for religious mania. I want to read the words of three of the verses before we sing because they capture Jesus' incarnation beautifully. Where is this stupendous stranger? Prophets, shepherds, kings, advise. Lead me to my master's manger. Show me where my savior lies. Oh, the magnitude of meekness. Worth from worth immortal springs. Oh, the strength of infant weakness. If eternal is so young. God, all bounteous, all creative, whom our sins could not dissuade, you have come to be a native of the very world you made. My words today will be an ebb and flow that will feel like a wild roller coaster on the wings of great joy down to the valleys of desolation. And finally, to rest in that place where we know the time has come. So hold on to the joy of Christmas. Actually, remember it for a few seconds, bringing all of the joy and all of the desolation, perhaps for some of us, right there and hang on to the joy while we take the roller coaster. We have to hold on to the joy. 
because for the kingdom of God to come, we will inevitably come near to that wilderness and we'll need that joy. The Hebrew word for wilderness is yashimon, which means place of desolation. And Jesus, of course, would have known that word, been very familiar with it. So I imagine his being driven, which some translations say, out into the wilderness was a bit daunting for him. Two sources say that the word, is, the desert is a dreary, barren waste of hills lying immediately on the west of the Dead Sea. And it is sterile land, saturated with salt, where for miles practically no vegetable life can exist. Who would intentionally want to go there? Not I. But we do. We have all visited the, it for months or moments or even millennium or what feels like a millennium. We've experienced its sterility and barrenness and longed for a comfort that lasts. Another image for desolation that we Northwesterners might relate to is the wilderness expressed by the ancient mariner as he stood on the deck with the albatross shrouded around his neck. He said, alone, alone, all, all alone, alone on a wide, wide sea and never a saint took pity on my soul in agony. First time I read that line, I was 19 years old, and it, oh, it's happening now again. I just sent a shiver through me. I have no idea what I was going through when I was 19, but it must have been pretty big. I'm brought back to that feeling every time I come into that place, usually with the proverbial albatross around my neck. After his baptism, though, Mark tells us, Jesus retreated to that sterile wasteland where he struggled and prepared and felt all the feelings any human being would have felt. I've had the practice for quite a long time of prefacing in life, prefacing any changes, major changes in my life in a retreat. And uh, oftentimes it would be like that roller coaster from joyous anticipation to the valley of fear, great fear, and the loneliness that comes with fear. Lately, our communal wilderness has been barren moments of hopelessness as we experience the moral desert of war and hate and vengeance. But there are angels. There are angels hovering around us 
Do you know how many manifestations of angels are recounted in the scriptures? I've stopped counting, but here are a few that we have recently heard in our Gospels. John's birth was announced to Zacharias, and when asked who he was, the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Do not fear. And then Gabriel announced to Mary, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Joseph receives at least three separate visits from angels. Just out of the blue, here they are. Or so we think they just arrived. He received one regarding marrying Mary and two that revolve around the protection of Jesus at the ha from Herod's wrath. An angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds we just heard and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that, you will, that will cause great joy for all the people. And then there they were ministering to Jesus in the desert. I envision them picking him up and just holding him just holding him. Clearly, angels were necessary and important beings to the writers of both testaments, and therefore an integral belief coming out of their culture. If our world was ever in desolation before, surely that's where we are now. If we choose to live in the kingdom of God, we must engage the desolation even as we seek protection from the miasma of negative energy that it throws at us, a lethal poison that affects the quality of God kingdom living. I don't know exactly what angels are, and I imagine you might not either, but I do know them. And at the risk of being committed to and a sane asylum for mania, religious, is that what you said? Religious mania. I share with you that I have seen an angel with these physical eyes, and it was quite overwhelming. I know that they stand in the presence of God. Also, I walked into a room once and a woman with whom I was to meet went like this. And I said, what's the matter? And she, she said, I see two gigantic angels behind you. So I went around for weeks saying, what is your name? What is your name? I'd like to call you by your name. I hadn't known they were there. The name, 
The name I came up with is a bit irreverent, but I named them Frick and Frack. And uh, it's just a good symbolism for me to know that they're with me and to get rid of a little of the religious mania that takes itself too seriously sometimes. Um, they've been around me for a long time, manifesting strength and compassion, and they're around, I think, every single one of us. I've come to rely on them for protection, as Jesus evidently did too. When I know that I might be walking into a situation permeated by negative energy, I ask the angels to surround me with protection, allowing nothing to come from me to others or from others to me that may not be in keeping with the kingdom of God and to give me strength. And when I remember this practice, I'm much better able to act in healthy ways, spiritually and psychologically, and without causing harm to others. And it even helps me when I'm caught off guard. That is, if I'm paying attention. That is, if I'm not rattling around in my own ego and miss all of the signs around me, which happens often, of course. I wonder if angels are simply a manifestation of divine energy that radiates from intentional human beings who live in the presence of God. A divine energy so strong, even if it's just momentary, that we know that they are there. Those persons who can slow down long enough to actively listen to someone who is alone on a wide, wide sea, or who needs another person to stand with them in a moment of sheer joy. We all need to encounter human beings who announce by their presence that fierce hope that Megan talked about all through Advent. How healing is that? Jesus announces then that the time has come, and he goes out into Galilee with that message, calling disciples to him. We have been following and proclaiming to the interlopers in Gaza and Ukraine. The time has come. Get out. We are following and proclaiming that the time has come for systemic justice for our unsheltered neighbors. Now in this new year, the time has come to hopefully and intentionally manifest divine energy to one another. Before 2024 moves on, we will no doubt have experienced profound changes as a faith community and as individuals. The last verse of our Advent anthem proclaims, Let all who hear them come, let all who hear them come, let all that hear them come. May we be angels 
announcing the good news to one another, proclaiming and comforting. May it be so. Amen.